your lean body mass factors in to how much weight you can realistically, uh, how much, what your, your daily caloric maintenance is. So if you lose all that fat and muscle, um, then your, your daily maintenance goes down. So let's say for me, rather than being at 2,900 a month, I might be at like 2,500 a month or 2,600 a month or sorry, a day, um, for my maintenance. So now that means when I go back to eating normal, or even if I eat moderately normal, like obviously I'm, if I lost all this weight, I'm not trying to go back to eating like a, like a slob. Um, my maintenance is going to be lower. Therefore it's going to be easier for me to gain weight again. Are you guys following me? This is super, super important because every, every, like, you know, every person I talked about this, they're like, Oh, a pound a week. What's Welcome to the Instant Leverage Podcast, where we show you how to get maximum output from your life and business with minimum input. Please subscribe and leave a review. What's going on, guys? So today, I'm going to talk to you about how to get leverage in your health and fitness, because as entrepreneurs, I've noticed we always want to look better, be better, strive to be healthier. And it's, it's only a matter of time before entrepreneurs end up taking their health very seriously because of the, the tax that we put on our mind and body every single day. So uh, I thought I'd do an episode about my health journey, being going from someone who was like uh, not super overweight, but I was definitely overweight. And if I'd gone down th- that path um, a little bit longer by now, I would definitely be, you know, pretty big. So, uh, essentially I, I got into this like fitness stuff when I was like 22, uh, I'm in decently good shape. I mean, I'm not a fucking bodybuilder or anything like that by any means, but, um, you know, I, I make posts and stuff on Instagram and people typically always tend to ask me for advice. And I made some posts today, which kind of got me thinking about creating this episode, uh, about just two tips that have helped me make more gains, build some actual muscle, and honestly, just not be one of those people that you see in the gym, uh, and then maybe this is you, that you see in the gym, and month after month, year after year, they look exactly the same, right? So um, I'll start with the the weightlifting stuff, because I see people botch this all the time, and then I'll move on to what I've learned about nutrition and diet and stuff like that. Now, um, there's always this like one thing that I hate about fitness is, uh, or, or the fitness narrative is there's always this, uh, there's always this like argument that goes somewhere along the lines of, oh, well, you know, that worked for you, JR, but like everybody's different. Um, and yes, everybody's different. Like we all somewhat respond to to things differently, but it's like the laws of nature are are the laws of fucking nature, right? So if you want to lose weight, point blank period, you need to be in a calorie deficit, whether it's keto, whether it's vegan diet, whether it's all the, any, any, anything that you're doing, flexible dieting, intermittent fasting, you have to be in a caloric deficit if you want to lose weight. So, um, with that being said, you can do whatever diet you want, right? As long as you abide by that one law of thermodynamics, right? So I'll, uh, I'll get back to the diet stuff, but I just wanted to let you know 
the the people that I've taken fitness advice from aren't like, you know, 70 year old doctors who look like, you know, they've never lifted a weight in their life and are are not really in shape or, or someone that I aspire to look like myself. Right. I've only taken weight fitness advice from people who look how I want to look. Right. Uh, which typically for me has been natural bodybuilders and, uh, more specifically natural bodybuilders with, uh, degrees in exercise physiology or biology or whatever. Right. So, um, it's worked for me. And all I did was follow the formula that the pros have laid out. So first things first, uh, I'll kind of talk about my Instagram posts and then we'll, we'll get into the diet stuff. So two things that I mentioned on my Instagram, which at the JR Rivas, if you're not following is uh, number one, most people in the gym never actually track what it is, what the fuck it is that they're doing, right? So there is a uh, there is a concept in fitness called periodization, right? And it's changing things up, and essentially your body will have a better reaction to the stimulus, the workout, if you're not doing the same thing for years on end, right? So typically about eight every eight weeks or so, I try to change up my routine. Um, even on a week to week basis, like one week I'll do bench press then I'll do dumbbell press, right? Just to, to, just for the periodization. So that's number one. Um, you can, if you go to YouTube type in like Jeff Nipp- Nippard, uh, N I P P A R D linear periodization. He has plenty of really good videos with studies that are cited on this topic. Um, number two is not tracking your actual workout, right? So, um, I've noticed that, people that I I'll notice, like I work out with somebody or whatever. And week over week, they let's say that they're curling a 30 pound dumbbell, right for 12. Um, Next week, they'll curl a 30 pound dumbbell for 12. And the week after that, they'll also curl a 30 pound dumbbell for 12. And your muscles are like, you're just never going to grow, you're never going to put on any muscle doing that, right. So what I do is I have this app called FitBod, And essentially, Week one, I'll curl the 30-pound dumbbell for 12. Week two, I'll curl the 30-pound dumbbell for, I'll curl a 35-pound dumbbell for 12. Uh, Week three, I'll try to do a 40-pound dumbbell for 12. And if I can't do that, then maybe I'll do the 35-pound dumbbell for 15, right? And then the next week, I'll go up to the 40-pound dumbbell, and maybe I can only do that for 10, right? Then the next week, I'll do that for 12, right? So the next week I'll try to increase the weight. And if I can't, then I'll just increase the reps, right? So I'm always getting stronger. I'm always uh, tracking my workout and I look to see what did I do last time? Okay, cool. Well, let's try to go a little bit higher on the sets or the reps, right? Number one thing uh, I've learned is there is an a, there is a correlation uh, between, they, they actually did a study on one rep max for bench press and they found that there is a direct correlation not one-to-one, but there's a correlation between chest size and one rep max. So essentially what that means is there's not going to be a guy out there who has a bird chest that can one rep max uh, 315, right? It's just not going to happen because you need the chest size to do to push that weight. So if you just focus on increasing the weight, then you will get stronger and thus your muscles will be forced to grow. Uh, right. So increasing the weight, I like, I'm a fan of increasing the, the weight over increasing the reps. I'm not going to, you know, curl 30 for a hundred. I'd rather curl 50 for 10. Right. 
So I keep the range between eight to 12 typically. Um, but to my first point, linear periodization, uh, there's weeks where I'll just do six, right? And I'll just go heavier and do less reps. So I'm always trying to, to switch it up. So that's uh, number one. The second thing that I've noticed that everybody does wrong, and if you go to any gym and you look around, you'll see tons of people doing this, is doing your exercise movements way too fast, right? So I'll see people like repping out like with a like a one, two, three, four, five cadence, and that's completely wrong. Um, what I because they, they want to just get through the workout and push the weight or whatever, totally wrong. Um, what I've learned is typically if I'm doing like a bench press or a squat on the way down, I'm doing a, uh, on the eccentric movement, it's, it's, uh, referred to as I'm doing three, right? Three seconds. So I'll do one, two, three, and then I get to the bottom of, let's say the bench press, and then I'm pressing up with one. So it's one, two, three, one, one, two, three, two, one, two, three, three, right? So um, I'm really focusing on the the mind muscle connection in that sense, um, and I found that when I started lifting that way, I got way better, right? Uh, way better results. Uh, next thing is, of course, like I just have to mention this, although everybody knows um, your form. Like I've been working on my form for years, and I I video record all of my um, not all of my workouts, but at least one exercise per workout, and I'll send that to like my fitness coach. And I'll say, hey, what do you think about my deadlift? Or what do you think about my squat? Or is there anything I need to fix about my shoulder press or my bench press or anything like that, right? Because people get lazy on form. And another another uh, form of periodization is improving your form, right? So if you get to 315 on the deadlift, for example, um, now focus on doing a 315 perfect deadlift, as much as you possibly can, right? So if you're doing it for six, now you're going to do, let's say do it for four, but with perfect form and then try, try to go for six with perfect form. So you're just constantly, which is why I love the gym because you're constantly trying to get better. And the only time it's boring is when you're not making progress, right? You, anytime you're making progress, it's exciting. You want to keep going. You want to keep eating right because you're like, you know, I'm making progress. Progress is exciting. Um, so that's the, that's the other thing. Uh, when it comes to an exercise routine, the other thing I see is like people just winging it. So go online. Uh, a, a great one to start with, whether you're male or female, is a legs push pull routine. So ultimately what that means is that one day you do legs, the next day you do push exercises, the next day you do pull exercises, then you take a rest day and then you repeat. Or you can just do this as a three day a week split if that allows, if that's all, you know, your time allows for. So, um, starting there is just, it's just a simple way to start, right? You don't have to overcomplicate it. The worst thing you can do though, is just show up at the gym and sit and like, just do whatever machines open, right? Another reason why people don't get results because their, their training is just sporadic, right? Um, and even if I am showing up to the gym, let's say without a plan, or I'm, I'm with someone else and we have different routines and we're just meeting up for this specific workout and I'm trying to make a workout up on the spot, I'm still thinking about it tactically, right? So if I'm doing, let's say, a pull day or a back, also known as a back day, I'm like, all right, well, I need some sort of row. Uh, I need 
to pr- do something for like my upper back, right? So let's say like pu- pull-ups or something like that. I need some kind of a uh, another row, and then I need one or two lat movements, and then I'm good, right? Maybe I can do some some rear delts or something in there. Throw throw some real rear delts in there as well. So I think about it in in a logical way. I'm not just like, okay, I'm going to hit the calf machine and then I'm going to hit the hip thrust machine and then I'm going to do some curls. It just makes no sense, right? Um, So there's a lot, lot more to the uh, workout stuff, but let's talk, let's dial in the nutrition because this is another thing that I've, I've, I used to argue to the, like the death with people about nutrition and weight loss and, and, uh, people who weren't even really in shape or they just, you know, were new to fitness or whatever. Um, or they just like lost a little bit of weight, but don't have really any muscle or abs or anything like that. And I'd argue this point to the death and they would just never understand it. So I literally just, I I decided to just stop arguing this point with people unless I'm specifically asked about my, my thoughts. So there's this concept that I see to this day where people tend to think that, uh, for example, keto is going to be the only way to lose weight or the best way to lose weight, or Atkins is going to be the best way to lose weight, or the carnivore diet, or take any pick of, I've seen every diet out there, the sweet potato diet, the um, vegan diet, like there's all kinds of things that people try. Um, There's this narrative that's extremely popular which is like, oh, I need to cut out. I need to uh, cut out carbs if I want to lose weight. So, uh, like I said in the beginning, the way to weight loss is not through cutting out carbs or doing a specific diet. The way to weight loss is through being in operating in a caloric deficit. Right. So. My plan, like when I'm really right now, me and my friends are doing a 60 day sprint where we're doing a a mini cut and it ends with uh, July 4th week. And then we're going to Vegas that weekend. So obviously like we want to be in shape. So here's kind of how I'm going about this. I know that my maintenance calories, meaning the calories that I need to consume on a daily basis, um, just going about like my normal day, we're not talking about like Uh, I actually, there's different formulas. The one that I'm using is factoring in my activity level, which is a workout a day. Um, So my caloric uh, maintenance, and I'm going to get it, I'm going to get it mathematical here so that it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Slightly mathematical. So my caloric uh, maintenance is, so right now I'm about 196 pounds. So I'm going to multiply 196 by anywhere from 14 to 16. Um, 16, if you're, let's say you work a uh, manual labor job, that's very intense. Uh, 14, if you work a desk job, right? So I'm kind of in the middle. Like I, I, you know, work at the computer all day, but I'm pretty active. Like I try to get 5,000 steps in minimum, ideally 10,000. I work out every day. Um, I do MMA most days as well. So I'm, I'd say I'm right in the middle. So I'm gonna say 15, right? So 196 times 15, so that's 2,940 calories. So that would be my caloric maintenance. Now, this is a very, very rough estimation. This is not an exact science. Um, There is a way to do it more accurately, um, but this has worked for me in the past and it's gonna work for most people unless you are 
um, either on, on either end of the like morbidly obese spectrum or just extremely underweight. Um, if you're, let's say 20, 30 pounds overweight, I would go with this formula. If you're very overweight, then I would go based off of your lean body mass, which means let's say I'm 200 pounds and I'm 10% body fat. My lean body mass would be 180 pounds, right? So you're going to kind of have to go to Google and guesstimate how much body fat you have. Um, but I've seen that, that, uh, work as well. If you are, uh, yeah, so I, I would just go with that, right? So I'm going to go with 15. So for me, it's 2940, right? So it's 2,940 calories. All right. So keep in mind, one pound of fat, one pound of fat is about 3,500 calories, right? So that means that in order to lose one pound of fat a week, I need to be in a 500 calorie deficit per day. So that would be 2,440 calories that I would be consuming. So 500 per day calorie deficit times seven. And that's 3,500 calories. So that's one pound, right? So that means eating at uh, 2,440 calories per week, per day, um, I would lose about one pound a week. So here's where everybody gets it fucked up. As soon as I say this, they're like, well, JR, on the keto diet or the Atkins diet, um, I lose like one pound a day. So there's a massive, massive, massive fucking difference between losing a pound of fat and losing a pound of fat and muscle, right? So if you look at the contestants of The Biggest Loser, 40% of the weight that they lost is muscle. Now here's why that's fucking terrible. I When I lose weight, I budget to lose, so I'm, our Vegas trip is 10 weeks out. I've budgeted 10 pounds. That's the max that I'm trying to lose. If I want to lose 20 pounds, I'll typically budget 25 weeks to account for error and error in my tracking and just days where I just fuck up, right? So, um, so here's where everybody gets it fucked up because they're like, well, JR, you know, on Atkins, I can lose a pound a day, but yes, it's, is it a pound of water, a pound of fat, a pound of muscle? Most of the time, it's it's just a combination of all of the above, right? Which is not what you want because, like I said, um, your lean body mass factors in to how much weight you can realistically, uh, how much what your your daily caloric maintenance is. So, if you lose all that fat and muscle, um, then your your daily maintenance goes down. So. Let's say for me, rather than being at 2,900 a month, I might be at like 2,500 a month or 2,600 a month or sorry, a day um, for my maintenance. So now that means when I go back to eating normal or if, even if I eat moderately normal, like obviously I'm, if I lost all this weight, I'm not trying to go back to eating like a, like a slob. Um, my maintenance is going to be lower. Therefore, it's going to be easier for me to gain weight again. Are you guys following me? This is super, super important because every, every like, you know, every person I talked about this, they're like, oh, a pound a week. What the fuck? So typically you don't want to lose more than a pound a week, more than a pound a week. And you're going to be purging muscle as well. Um, and anytime you're losing weight, you're going to be purging muscle, but you can mitigate that by losing the weight slowly and gradually. Right? So let's say um, you know, in my case, I can be a little bit more, I can lose a little bit more than a pound a week, um, because I lift very heavy weights. 
I keep my protein intake up uh, as much as possible, which I'll talk about in a sec. And I, uh, for the most part, I, 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 I try to lift as heavy as I can so that my body's like, Hey, we need this muscle to lift this heavy ass shit. Right. But if you're a beginner and you're just trying to lose weight, um, if you, depending, if you're, if you're morbidly obese, you're going to lose weight a little bit faster at first. Um, but if you're a, a beginner, someone who's not super experienced with weights, um, just take it slow. Even I'm taking it slow. I'm budgeting a pound a week. I'm only trying to lose 10 pounds and uh, I'm already, I'm already pretty lean. I'm probably 16, 17% uh, body fat. And my goal is to get to like 10, 11 in, and I'm giving myself 10 weeks to lose 10 pounds. And I'm also someone who works out every day. I go on walks every day. I do MMA almost every day along with my workouts. I eat extremely healthy and I'm still only budgeting one pound per week, right? So, um, Keep that in mind. Like it is a it is a slow long game. If you lose the weight fast, it's going to come on even faster and then you're fucked because you've purged away your your muscle as well. Um which is why the majority of the contestants on the biggest loser gain weight again. So, um back to the nutrition. So we know how much uh how much we need to eat per day. So 2400 calories, right? And uh the next step from here is go to your phone, go to the app store, download my fitness pal. It's free. Um, I love the paid version. I think it's totally worth it and it's super inexpensive. So why not? Um, but the next thing you're going to do is you're going to set up your protein goal for the day. So again, super controversial, but if you actually read the studies, go to PubMed and look up, um, protein intake, for building muscle, recommended protein intake for building muscle, and just read through that, very well established. The minimum on the low end of the spectrum, you want to have 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. Again, if you're morbidly obese or really overweight, then go with per pound of lean body mass. Because if you're 300 pounds, getting you know 270 or 60 pound, uh, grams of protein per day, going to be kind of tough. Um, so for me, I typically eat a lot of protein. So I'll go, I'm 196 pounds. I'm, I'm trying to stick around 220. So I'm, I'm at like the 1.1 range. Um, reason being is because, uh, there's something called the thermic effect of food. Protein is essentially your body works harder to digest it. So you lose some of the protein just in digestion. So the more protein I eat, the more full I'll feel, but the more calories I'm actually burning because of the thermic effect of food. Um, carbs have a thermic effect. Fat has a thermic effect as well, I believe. Um, but protein has the highest thermic effect, meaning it, your body works the hardest to digest it. Um, which means you lose some of the protein in digestion, which is why I try to keep it a little bit higher. Um, all that shit about, you know, protein, fuck too much protein, fucks up your gut and all that stuff. Bullshit. Like find me, find me the study that says that. So, um, here's kind of how I, I treat this. Um, there's different formulas. Honestly, people get into the weeds with like your macros and which are your fats, proteins, carbs, and how much to eat of what I say, I keep my protein at, you know, minimum 180, 180 to 220. I keep it relatively high. And then most of the time I just let the fat and the carbs fall where they fall. But usually it looks something like this. So if I'm having 200 grams of protein per day, um, 180 to 200, my carbs will be somewhere in the 200 grams, which 
you know, all the carb zealots are yelling like, oh, how are you eating 200 grams of carbs and losing fat? Because carbs aren't what make you fat. Overeating is what makes you fat. So, and then I have, I make sure that my, so typically on a normal day, my protein will fall between 180 and 200, uh, 220 on the high end, uh, which is really what I shoot for. It's just kind of tough sometimes. Um, carbs over 200 grams, which is typically pretty easy. And then my fat is anywhere between 50 and 70 grams per day. So if you look at the ratio of uh, macros, usually it looks something like 40% carbs, 30% protein, 30% fat. And that's the most comfortable, easiest way to lose weight. You want your fat to be minimum 50 grams. Uh, If you're female, a little bit smaller, you can get away with 40, maybe 35. Um, But for regular, for normal hormone regulation, you need fat, which is another interesting thing because a lot of diets call for eliminating fat. So, um, once you have your uh, macros laid out, um, which you can do in the actual, uh, my fitness pal app, if you have the, uh, if you have the upgraded version, you can actually, uh, go in and you can set you can even in not the upgraded version, you can just set a little bit better with the percentages in the upgraded version. Um, and you can also set different diets for different days as well. If you want to do something like carb cycling, um, I'm not a fan just because although I think carb cycling is great for most people, um, most of the time it just overcomplicates the crap out of your diet. Um, which part of getting this right is just keeping it simple. So now let's talk about how to use my fitness pal. Uh, very, very simple. You can scan the barcode on the back of anything that you're eating at home. Um, I eat meal preps, highly recommend getting meal preps. It just makes everything very simple. And, uh, I enter the macros manually from the meal preps. And then once I do that, they're saved inside of the app. And then next time it's already there, I don't have to retype it in. Um, other thing that I do is if I'm going out to eat, any main restaurant is going to be on my fitness pal, right? So Applebee's, McDonald's, Subway, any chain like that is going to be on there. Any, any like steakhouse, any, um, any chain really. And even some regional places, if other people on the app have entered the menu or gotten like a nutrition sheet from the place and entered the menu. So, um, now, what do you do in, pl- in situations where that's not actually possible? So what I do is I just kind of, number one, I'll pick something very easy to track. Every single restaurant in the world has a four-ounce chicken breast with you know, vegetables or whatever, right? If I'm going to like a sandwich shop, let's say it's like a sandwich shop, but it's not Subway, then I'll just get something very easy to track and I'll track it as if it was Subway, right? So I'll get like a turkey sandwich and a six inch turkey uh, sub. I'll get very minimal toppings on it um, or I'll, I'll get, you know, toppings because typically vegetables and stuff like that are very low in calories. So therefore they're easy to track. Um, and then I'll, I'll put like the sauce on the side and that's it. And then I'll just track it as a Subway sandwich. Um, if I'm at home, I have a food scale that I'll use. I typically don't cook, so I typically don't use the food scale. Um, But uh, at one point when I did cook, I would just put everything on the food scale. Very simple. Takes like two seconds and then get it done. 
Now I know this sounds like it fucking sucks because when I first heard about tracking, I knew it fuck like it, it didn't sound fun. Um, but every single person that I know who's tried it, um, one of my good friends, uh, Dan Henry, he tried it, and that's the only thing that actually got him to lose weight was just tracking his diet and and eating above his macros. So keep in mind, if you're eating within your macros. You can have a slice of pizza every single fucking day. You can have a Snickers bar every single fucking day as long as you're hitting your macros, right? So it allows for some flexibility. If I really want a Snickers or if I really want candy, I'll, I'll go for a Snickers. It's 200 calories, and which is nothing. And the macros aren't even that bad on a Snickers bar, right? So it allows for some flexibility, which lets you adhere to your diet so much easier and so much better. Um, outside of that, like notice I didn't really talk about supplements, I think the only two supplements that are worth it are when you're getting started at least are creatine and whey protein, whey protein, because it does get kind of hard to hit those high protein goals. Um, I drink muscle milks as well, just because I just get so sick of like the thick ass protein taste. Um, so I'll switch it up. Uh, after a while I'll go back to the whey protein. Um, but that's really it. Um, creatine causes intermuscular water retention, which just allows you to if you're curling that 30 pound weight or that 50 pound weight for 10, if you're on creatine, you might be able to curl it for five. The cheapest and most well-studied supplement that exists today, right? So I think it's totally worth it. You don't have to cycle it. Just stay on it. Um, five grams per day for the first two weeks while you're loading it. You can do like, I do like 20 grams a day for the first week. Um, or you can do like a week and a half, two weeks at 10 grams a day and then drop down to five grams a day. Um, just stay consistent with it. You'll notice you'll gain a little bit of weight with creatine, but you, it's water weight. So it's, it's intermuscular water retention. So it's nothing to be concerned about. You'll gain like two or three pounds, uh, off the bat because you're retaining more water, not a big deal in the long run. You will be way better off, right? And it's not really going to affect, it doesn't really affect how you look. Like you're not going to look bloated or you're not going to look any heavier than you do currently. Um, just get the creatine, super cheap, super cheap powder, mix it in with water. And uh, the creatine doesn't mix well, so you can throw it in a shake or whatever. If you mix it with water, it's, it's not, it's just going to float to the bottom. Um, so typically if I mix it with water, I'm just chugging it as soon as I can. Um, so that's pretty much it. I know this, I know this podcast was 30 minutes fucking long, but it's essentially not that complicated. Go to Google, type in legs, push, pull routine, pick a routine, follow that, uh, change things up every now and then, and then do the formula for your, how many calories you should be eating 40%, uh, carbs, 30% fat, 30% protein. Um, one thing I didn't mention one gram of carbs is four calories. One gram of protein is four calories. One gram of fat is nine calories. So that might, when you're putting in your macros in the app, it just might throw you off because you're like, okay, how is 30% of my calories only 50 grams of fat, whereas 30% of my calories with protein is 170 grams or whatever, right? Whatever it is for you. So um, just keep that in mind. Uh, another reason why too, like I, I just avoid, I try to avoid fat uh, in abundance because for example, uh, two tablespoons of olive oil, it's like 200 calories already. And imagine if, if you're imagine, okay, think about it this way. Uh, three slices of pizza on average is probably around a thousand calories. Um, if you ate a thousand calories of olive oil, that would be, um, somewhere around like six, six or eight, uh, six to eight tablespoons. 
So just think about eight tablespoons of olive oil versus three slices of pizza and pizza is all is also mainly carbs or think about like uh, one, four, four ounces of turkey of chicken breast is probably roughly around 180 calories or so, which is also a table, two tablespoons of olive oil, right? So that just goes to show you like what's going to fill you up more four ounces of chicken breast or two tablespoons of olive oil. Uh, it just go, shows the, the contrast between fat and protein or fat and carbs. So, um, stick to more satiating foods like, I, I can barely pound down like six ounces of chicken breast before I'm like, I'm fucking stuffed, right? So stick to stuff like that. Um, find a good meal prep company if you can afford it. Uh, best thing is to just not have to think about this. Go to your fridge, eat your food, and move on with your with your day. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's enough info for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed this and uh, this inspired you to get uh, in shape for the summer. Um, if you want to follow my fitness journey, I'm going to be posting how the progress and progress picks and all that stuff. And before and afters for this next little 60 day sprint. So I'm super excited about that and make sure you're following me on Instagram at the Rivas and I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Instant Leverage Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. See you on the next episode.